In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Have you ever felt broken, deflated, and discouraged? Well, I know that we all we all struggle with those emotions, and Patty, that is such not the way to start a show. <laughs> Hang with me. Of course, we, are, we all have those emotions. But today we are talking about moving on and beyond those feelings and circumstances. Welcome to Girlfriend It. We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan of GirlfriendIt.com, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. So, Lisa, what fabulous conversations are we going to mesmerize our listeners with? Well, today we're going to be discussing with our guests, who we are so excited to introduce to you, not only how they do the remarkable, but how that despite obstacles and, and situations, they are doing it in remarkable ways and they're changing lives. So today we're actually talking about going beyond the brokenness. Okay, but before you go all remarkable on me, I have to share the unremarkable, more like survival of the summer. Ever heard the saying, summertime and the living is easy? The person who came up with that cute little phrase obviously did not have teenagers. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you, Lise, you've been off and traveling for your vacation, and I'm, I'm here in, that, in the summer heat in Arizona and not really enjoying those hot coffee lattes that I usually enjoy with you because it's beyond 110 degrees. But I've also dealt with 14-year-olds and 16-year-olds. Um, just last week, my 16-year-old was curious about how to make Jello. And this is coming from the kid who survives on cereal all day long unless someone is coerced into making him something more substantial. So needless to say, he piqued my curiosity only to, to discover that he and his friends wanted to have a Jell-O pool party. They were going to charge everyone $5 to purchase Jell-O. Then they were going to swim in it. And, and to his credit, they were going to get a, a portable children's pool or something like that. And then the other night, around, what's that? Around 11.30 p.m., his friends decided to take every political campaign sign and place in our front yard, along with many other illegal federal offense items, construction lights, Christmas decorations. It was quite the scene. Well, you know what? I have, I have so been there. And I've had those same things. I've had those, actually, those flashing barricades in front of my house, um, you know, the teenagers. And I've had the jello. In fact, my daughter actually did the jello. She and her girlfriend put jello in a pool and um, had a blast. And then they, they, her friend lived on a lake, and they jumped in the lake and, and rinsed off. But 
I just remember all those um, summertime little pranks and all the toilet papering, uh, and just there's so much things that go along with the summertime and with kids. Well, I have to ask you, so the jello thing actually work? Because I couldn't figure out how are they going to heat it up and then cool it down, like how you make jello. Well, I don't really know how they did it. I didn't really want to know too much. All I know is she came home, her clothes were a mess, and um, they had a great time. So that's all I know. <laughs> so what do you do when uh, not only your summer life is not as simple and fabulous as you had made plans for? Well, I think that's pretty common, don't you think? I think, um, you know, what's interesting is right now, you know, talking about summertime and, and uh, just we're in such different routines. Or you're not in a routine in summer. And right now, I am actually on the road with my husband traveling the country, and we are in um, Illinois right now. And yesterday, well, we love Lincoln and anything Lincoln, so we had to go by Springfield and and visit the Lincoln Museum. And I can tell you, that was amazing. And what one of the things that really stood out was as you as you look at see Lincoln's life and you hear about him, and um, I mean the remarkable things that he did and he accomplished in his life. And yet I couldn't help but walk away going, he had a lot of pain in his life. He, uh, he lost, you know, two sons, and he lost elections, and he lost his businesses. And it, it's, it's amazing what went on. Um, but despite all that, he rose to become our greatest, one of our greatest presidents. And it was interesting because one of the plaques that said that he is the most read about and most studied person in history besides Jesus Christ. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, but also, they have this place called the Whispering Gallery where you walk through, and it's all these um, negative voices from the critics who just blasted him and caricatures and everything. And you just look at him, and you, you think, okay, here's a man that could have been so broken, and I'm sure he was. And just, you know, you see the pictures of him when he entered the presidency when he, and five years later and how he's aged. But despite all that, he stayed the course, and he did remarkable things. So it was, it was truly, when you look at lives like that, and I know, Patty, we love, like, stories and hearing people's stories and what they do. Um, it, it's just, you, you see that they've had to overcome a lot of obstacles to get where they are. Oh, absolutely. And I, I do find it so intriguing with someone like Lincoln because you have to just completely focus on the goal and to go, okay, I'm taking the mountain and all I can see is the top of the mountain because... If you were to allow all those whispers to get into your head, there's no way you could get to the top. There's no way you could accomplish what he accomplished by listening to the outsiders, you know, the, the others, if you ever watch Lost. I, my husband and I always tease around about the others because they are those that, that outside force that can continuously either get into your head or they can be those obstacles that um, that will cause you to fail and you know, you, you hear the cliche all the time, attitude is, is everything, but it really, it really is. You have to have that, that positive attitude like Abraham Lincoln did in order to just even keep moving sometimes. Well, and I, you know, so many times I think we start on something and, and we're all excited. We have a great idea about something or something we want to do or even like, you know, even like summertime and vacations and you have this great grandiose ideas, and we have utopia in front of us, and then realities of life hit, and we kind of plateau a little bit. And, and so I, and that's when that plateaus, what happens is so many times we, we quit. We give up, we abandon ship, and 
we move on to the next thing that will kind of give us that high, and we never kind of stick with things, and we do it all the time. And yet, it's those who really persevere and, and really learn through it and see what is in this that I can grow and learn from instead of just be so quick to jump off, but just stay the course. And um, as we know, life does not go according to plans. You can have the best plans, but rarely does that really happen. And we have seen that so much. Well, I, even in our own journeys. Oh, absolutely. And I know right now, um, my husband and I, we, we're going through one of those valleys, you know, that journey. And Lisa, you, you've um, had to unfortunately walk every day with us through this. But, you know, he was out of a job for, for 15 months, and now he's in a job that he's not completely excited about. It's not where his giftedness is. And he, he loved his job for the last 20 years, you know, right out of college. And, um, I think for, for him, just watching him get up and, and go to a, a not great place, um, I hope none of his um, employers are listening to this show <laughs> as I'm talking. But um, I, I look at him, and I know that you know, he's dissatisfied in how his giftedness is and what he specializes in as a career. And what I've seen with him is he finds other passions. And um, besides me, his greatest passion, bah, ha, ha. <laughs> he, he loves to kayak. And I know, you know, we'll go kayaking and he loves to work out. And I think that's the biggest key. If you have those other passions that you can focus on, sometimes you can get through the, the seasons where it's not always in your, your best place and in your sweet spot where it's, you know, hitting you emotionally, spiritually, physically, and, and you're able to use all those God-given gifts, you can at least focus on something that you're passionate about. Otherwise, uh, I think it would be hard to even get up in the morning. Oh, yeah. I think that's why, we, you know, you, we always say you've got to laugh through life sometimes because you've got to find the moments that just make you laugh because you have to break it up with that. Otherwise, life is so intense, and, and the situations are real. But you have to, that's why we just love having girlfriends and really trying to just rally others to gather to go, okay, I know you're feeling this, I've been there, and just hang in there, just to show past, and I think all those emotions are so real, but how do we help each other really get beyond that, and that's what I, I'm really excited about today's show, because we're going to be talking with a couple of people that truly have really have experienced the brokenness and seen brokenness, and I know that uh, later this, this fall, Patty, you and I are going to be going to the Sudan, and we've been asked, uh, several of us, to go and then do a women's conference with some of the refugees there. And we've been warned by people that, okay, you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot of brokenness. You're going to see a lot of devastation from women who have been raped and abused and um, left homeless. And I know it's like, I know that we will not come home the same two individuals from that. And seeing and experiencing that, but it's like rising and going, what can we do to bring hope? And how can we do that with people? So I think that's always the challenge, just going beyond that to do the remarkable. Absolutely. And, you know, it, what comes to mind, and I know we only have a, a few seconds left before the commercial break, but um, Kevin, my husband, was actually reading a book called Hitch 22, and this is a, an atheist that is talking about um, Mother Teresa being a statist. And... Even hearing that made me think, why would you even read a book with uh, the author having this kind of perspective? And once I kind of, you know, pondered it a little bit, it's exactly what you're, you're saying. Someone who's been with brokenness so much, you really do have to go, okay, 
is that, you know, from God where you're so torn up for the world that you're going to wake up from the, you know, time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you are willing to clean out pus from somebody's wounds. You know, are you sadistic mm-hmm. or are you just obsessed with doing what God has called us to do? And, well, um, and don't you think you have to be a little obsessed? I think you do have to be a little obsessed into in um, uh, as we were speaking with David and Brittany. Well, we're excited because we're going to be talking with a couple of consumed and obsessed individuals who are really doing remarkable things despite the obstacles. So stay with us as we talk to David and Brittany. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life and she'll share that in every show. Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central starting November 4th on toginet.com. Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta is on Toginet Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. The Mommy Mentor is all about family, daily life struggles, saving money, weight loss, cooking, organizing, relationships, and a touch of inspiration and motivation. Phyllis ensures through the Mommy Mentor that moms have a voice, a shoulder, a friend. Phyllis is an amazing woman who has the ability to weather the storm with her pearls on and keep right on going. And the Mommy Mentor was born of that spirit because at any given moment, you might find yourself in need of support from someone who has been there. And Phyllis has definitely been there. With her husband and three kids, the struggles they faced, that's what the Mommy Mentor is all about. One mommy showing support for another mommy. Whether you're a seasoned veteran mommy or a brand new mommy, the Mommy Mentor is here to offer you support, share stories, connect on a spiritual level, and make new friends. Check out themommymentor.com. And then don't miss the show, The Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta. Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we are so excited, like we said, that we get to interview Brittany and David. 
Um, you would have to live under a bush to not have heard, heard of Food for the Hungry. They are meeting physical and spiritual needs worldwide. They go to the hard places and do the amazing things, not only globally but locally as well. This morning, representing Food for the Hungry, hungry we have David and Brittany Curtis on the show. And um, just as Lisa said, we are so excited to have you guys. You guys are doing amazing things. You're completely sold out for God and willing to take on whatever and also the amazing thing, you guys just came back from your honeymoon, uh, literally just returned this week. So we're ready to hear those scoops as well. Um, what, where exactly did you go on your honeymoon? We went to Negril, Jamaica. Yay. And did you guys go no. down the falls? We didn't. We uh, read on the beach most of the time. <laughs> read on the beach. <laughs> So That's you didn't go off to, like, Sudan or Hades or anything like that. You actually enjoyed a honeymoon of just relaxation and rejuvenation? Believe it or not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, um, we just want to talk to you guys a little bit about how you got involved with Food for the Hungry um, and how that led to you guys even meeting each other. So, Dave, if you can just share a little bit. I know you, went, uh, you were there in Tsunami as an intern, and just kind of let us know what happened from, from that situation. Yeah, thanks, and it's great to be with you guys this morning. Uh, my journey with Food for the Hungry started uh, three summers, four summers ago. Wow, three summers or four summers ago. Uh, I was uh, part of um, a group that was responding to the tsunami in Aceh, Indonesia. I was there probably a year and a half after the tsunami. However, there was lots of work to do, and that just really uh, placed in my heart a, a continued desire to um, help people uh, help themselves, really, um, not necessarily bringing aid and, or even, uh, you know, spiritual knowledge to the people, but just walk with them in their own personal journeys and, and try to, help better their situations however I could help. Uh, at the time, I was, uh, I was actually a certified school teacher, still am, but it was a little bit of a, a jolt and uh, felt like God was calling me to uh, a work of international uh, development service. And so after coming back from Indonesia, Food for the Hungry said, hey, how about you uh, move from Michigan, where I was living at the time, uh, here to Phoenix and uh, work from our headquarters here. And the rest is... Uh, rest of history. <laughs> well, Michigan and Indonesia, um, you know, that's like very, you know, similar. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we went from, you know, frozen tundra to the mosquito-infested jungles of Indonesia. But it was <laughs> so, Brittany, tell us a little bit about why you got involved with Food for the Hungry. Um, well, my journey with Food for the Hungry, I would say it started back in college. Um, I went into college actually as a youth ministry major, and I was really passionate about young people and motivating them um, with the gospel, and I went on a trip to South Africa at the encouragement of a professor, and my heart was completely um, broken and changed, and I came back, as many people do from a short stint overseas, saying, I'll never be the same, and so in an effort to do that, I changed my major to reconciliation and political science and spent the next three years learning as much as I could about our world and what's going on. And when I graduated, I knew I wanted to be involved, and so I applied to lots of organizations, and through what I would say is a real God story, I ended up at Food for the Hungry. 
Wow, that, that's amazing. And you know, what? and you know it's, what's it's interesting about that? Because just, there's so many different options you can do. I mean, people have, you go and you experience life like that, and you come back and your heart's broken. And there's so many different ways you can channel that. And I know at Food for the Hungry, they are so about, you know, reaching and, and, and helping the, the hunger physically and spiritually of people globally and locally. So what about their vision? And how are you seeing that just really being personified where they're actually doing that? What are some things that you love doing that accomplishes that vision? Well, our vision is God called and we responded until physical and spiritual hungers ended worldwide. And I think um, one of the things that we do is we really do combine spiritual and physical hungers. We recognize that there's multiple parts to the person and not only the people overseas, but the people here in the States, people like you and me that interact with poverty and say, God, what can we do? And so um, I see that in so many different ways. But as we talk about people that go overseas like you or I on a team or a trip and then come back, um, the Hungry has an amazing advocate program where we say, stay with us. Advocate for the poor in your realm, where you work, where you go to school, where you talk to other people. Be a part of this on the long term. Don't let it be a trip that you just went on and you said that was really difficult, but you came back and you continued your advocacy and you continued your care for the poor long term. Well, Brittany, that's so interesting. And, you know, God, though, really has to shape your heart to be ready for that. And this does not put me in the best light, but I know when I was over in Africa, I've been there um, a couple of times, and... I, you know, I was a believer, and I remember walking down the street, and I would see, you know, as, as you have seen, just the horrific things, you know, kids just dragging their legs with, um, you know, polio and uh, just the, the, the beggars there on the street because it's the only way that they can survive. And being broken at the time, looking at them, but once I was beyond that in my hotel, I was fine and I was ready to go on vacation. And I, I look back on that, and now my, my heart is in a different place only because I've asked God to, to give me, you know, his heart. And I, I find that so interesting that um, kind of going back to our earlier conversation about Mother Teresa, at what point does God break you to where it all of a sudden it's time to wake up and go, this is what's going on in our world, and how can, be, how can we really truly be world changers to make a difference? And this, and and I guess that's my thing. At what point did you see this over and over again that God finally put you in that situation, or were you ever at a point where you saw it and you were able to walk by and not do anything about it? Um, you know, I think I'm a really, really sensitive person. I think everyone experiences the world in different ways, and so my heart was just truly broken the first time that I grew up in Minnesota. And so I hadn't really seen that level of abject poverty until I traveled overseas. And I didn't really even, to be honest, know it truly existed until I was in college. And so um, when I saw it firsthand, it just completely changed my world. But I wouldn't say that's true for every person. And I do believe that God has us all on a very unique journey. And so what change my heart may not be the thing that changes someone else's heart, but I think it's just important to be open to God and to say, you know, you know, maybe this trip I experienced something, but 
I need to be active in, in seeking it out and going back and saying, I don't want to lose that moment, that time where I really felt like I was supposed to do something. Um, and then when you go back, try to get back to that place in your mind and your heart. Write it down when it happens so that when you remove yourself, you can go back to that with God later because that happens to every single person, even people that work at Food for the Hungry. We can see the most difficult places in the world, and then we can go on a honeymoon to Jamaica. Um, it's, there's, our world is a world of duality. It's a world of good and evil, and, and there's both good and there's both evil in everything. You know what, and you've made some really good points, and I think one of them is like writing things down, because like Patty said, you can walk by, you can see, and you can, and it can break your heart for the moment, but then you get off and you're like, okay, but that was, you know, now I feel this and I'm, I'm moving on. And you see so many people looking at things and they get excited for a moment, it's kind of like it's the flavor of the month, and they get excited, but then when it gets a little difficult or it requires sacrifice or it's uncomfortable, they move on to something else, and so you leave things behind, but... Dave, I know you recently went and experienced Haiti um, during that whole devastation. Can you just kind of address a little bit about that, what you saw, what you experienced, what it, some of the things that's left a mark on your heart with? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and just to briefly touch on what you were saying before and what Bernie was saying, I mean, it is, it's a process that everyone has to let themselves be a part of, uh, whether you're going for, you know, a short amount of time to a country that has abject, you know, uh, just in, innate uh, abject poverty or it's a, it's a disaster uh, setting where, you know, there was a thriving community and something swept through or something happened and it all, uh, you know, turned upside down, you can go there and you can, you can witness and you can see it and say, oh, my gosh, this is a horrible thing wow, I'll never forget these images, or, you know, if you allow yourself, it's the beginning of a process in which you let it seep into your heart, seep into your soul, seep into your worldview of things and say, no, this is, this is a lifelong process that I need to be able to grab hold of what I'm witnessing, the people that I'm meeting, what they're experiencing, and walk with them and, and love them in the ways that I can. That might not mean... Much. I mean, you you know, you have this kind of um, regret or that you have sometimes when you're in a, a, a poverty situation that you you can't give them everything right then. But that's not necessarily the best thing either. It, what what really is the best thing is to go take this take that experience away back home and live a life of justice, live a life of love, live a life of um, that that's socially um, you know in tune and understanding of what what your life, the ramifications of your life and everything. Anyways, that's a and side note. Can I just jump in real quick and then I'll let you talk about Haiti. I think it's so important to remember not to beat yourself up if you do come back and enjoy your nice home and your comfy bed. And, and you know, people think, oh, I'm happy now and, and I must have lost everything I learned on my trip. And I don't think that's true. I think it's still in you. And I think that that kind of regret paralyzes people from, the justice that they're seeking, and so just a message not to let that stop you from action later, even if it's a year later or 10 years later, those experiences and those feelings are still somewhere in you, and I think that God can use that even long after this.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Are you going through a crisis? Do you have a tough question you want an answer to? This is your show. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Togginap.com. Brilliant Essence speaks to the empowerment of women to find their highest power. Your host, Astrid Stromberg, channels answers to the toughest questions women ask of themselves. Issues ranging from divorce to gifted children to am I safe to fly to where's my soulmate, your life's mission, your lucky streak, and your highest self all come to life with Brilliant Essence. Astrid specializes in spirit communication and spirit life empowerment. She is the founder of Brilliant Essence and contributor to the book Living Our Soul Map. Unleashing the Warrior Goddess Within. For more information on Astrid and Brilliant Essence, go to BrilliantEssence.com. Giving you the power to be. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we have been talking with Dave and Brittany, who just got married, just came back from their honeymoon in Jamaica, and they work with Food for the Hungry, which is a phenomenal um, organization that really is so intentional on helping alleviating hunger, both physically and emotionally, just with people all over the world. And so as we've been talking, just some great points that you have been talking about and how so many times we can see all the devastation when we travel, but then we come back home and then we get back into life and it's easy to kind of forget that. And Brittany, you made a really good point about, you know, start writing stuff down so you, when you go back, you can, you can remember it. But I also would like to ask you guys, because we know that any time you, you try to do something remarkable or significant, that most of the time the reality is you, you face discouragement and doubt and frustration. And you have those, those fabulous times where you're going, yes, I'm hitting the mark and this is incredible, but how do you guys handle the times when maybe it's not going so smoothly and you're a little discouraged and even maybe doubting, why am I doing this? Can you maybe address some of those emotions? Because we know a lot of people are dealing with those. Yeah, definitely. And I would say... Dave, would you like to go ahead and address that? Yeah, for sure. I was, uh, I would even say that more so than, than the, than the dark moments of doing, uh, working with poverty and injustice, um, what, what can be the, sometimes the most discouraging are the contrasts. Are, as Brittany 
you know, stated before, there's good and evil all around. But when they're when they're juxtaposed right next to each other, that's where it gets really. I would say personally, that's a huge part of my story. That's been the hardest. That's been when where God really rocks me and uh, you know breaks me down. And and essentially, I'm asking the same questions that you're asking, like why. How do we keep going forward? What's the use? Why do we keep doing this? But at the same time, that that juxtaposing of 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 the of the good and the healthy and what God we know God intended the world to be, alongside the impo- the poverty and the famine and the sickness and um, and the injustice, that's where it almost though it's the hardest place to be in. You, that's where you see the tension between good and evil that is in this world, and you know what you're working towards. Um, so, you know, you asked about Haiti earlier. That was a huge part of my story And that, I mean, within a minute uh, in Haiti on, on January 12th, you had hundreds of thousands of lives that were, that you know, perished, and um, millions of people were displaced, lost their home, lost their livelihood, and so you arrive in Haiti, and there are these massive uh, zones and um, just areas where that despair lives, and is you can't miss it at all. Um, but at the same time, as a relief worker, you're given this kind of higher ground place to live and work from with Internet and even fans and everything. So it's, it's constantly balancing that tension of, okay, how do I how do I reconcile living in this um, this safe zone when the people I'm trying to help are are in this despair and and it really it, I mean it, it comes down to what our vision is is in it's in the past tense it's it's saying uh, God called and we responded and. And, and that's a really beautiful thing. That was very intentional. At first you read it and like, there's something off about this sentence. Why is it in the past tense? But it, it really sums up what we as Christians believe. And that though there is death and trouble and, and despair and injustice where I am right now, ultimately we know this is what God is, is moving us towards. And this is in his plan, is this ultimate peace, this ultimate um, shalom. Uh, that someday will happen, but in the meantime, it's our responsibility to, to seek that out. Um, hope that answers your question a little that, bit. That is, and that was great. And I, I love how you talked about um, Dave being in the safe zone because I think that's really complicated, and it's hard for our brain to get around that. That you're over here going to bed in a somewhat okay sleeping area when you're waking up and, and helping, you know, others in just this horrific state that so many times, you know, I think of the, the cruise ship that landed, and I know that there was a lot of publicity there where they were literally having barbecues and playing on the beach while just, you know, hundreds of miles away you have devastation. And that messed with my head to think, how could you even do that? And yet I was here playing on the beach in my own mind, in my own safe home. You know, so it's all relative. We all kind of do that. And um, how, do you, how do you deal with that sometimes? And like you said, Brittany, when, when you're a highly sensitive individual, it's harder um, to take that on, which goes back to that question, have you ever heard 
anyone say to you guys, because you guys are really dealing with the, the, the major broken. I mean, you're dealing with the hard stuff. Has, has anybody said to you, why would you do this? And it, it is a sadistic behavior like this atheist Christopher Hitchens that, that writes about that in his book. You know, there's, there's lots of people that question what we do. There's, you know, but I would say that for us, we feel called to um, a life that isn't always comfortable. Um, and maybe that's not for everyone. Maybe uh, for us, it's, it's unique. But, um, yeah, there's definitely people that don't understand why, why do you put yourself in situations like Haiti? Why do you put yourself in situations like um, post-apartheid South Africa, where there's still a lot of hurt and a lot of uh, in, injustice and, and, and pain in that, you know, in that culture. Um, for us, it's, it's a dilemma that we feel called to, to deal with, and, and it's kind of a, a life calling that I mean, I might not have the answers right now as 25-year-olds and newlyweds, but we're still working on it. Okay, speaking of newlyweds, did you have a blast on your honeymoon? <laughs> it was awesome, yes. And what made you guys choose Jamaica? Well, we wanted to go somewhere that Food for the Hungry doesn't work. So <laughs> that kind of narrowed down uh, the amount of countries we could choose, and we wanted to use our passports because we're kind of addicted to using our passports. And um, we needed somewhere close because we didn't have a lot of time off. So it worked out. We had a great time. Jamaica's very relaxed community. People are very um, welcoming and warm. And lots of sun and lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. Okay, so how did you guys? How did you guys meet? You're there working at, at Food for the Hungry. I mean, obviously, you have that same common denominator of just being sold out for for God. So, how did that? Because. Um, Lisa and I have known you guys for a while, and you're having this romance right underneath our nose, and we were oblivious <laughs> to it. So this is the time to, for a little confession here. All right, well, we keep it professional, so <laughs> we should try. Uh, I was, so I was uh, working here in Phoenix office, and uh, Brittany was hired in the same program that I was working in, and we both were managing the internship program. Um, and so we shared an office, and we were working together, and we really built a great working relationship in that our skills and our strengths were, uh, would complement each other. And, uh, you know, over a few months, it was very evident we were a good team. Um, and then, uh, I mean, if you want to get to the, the gushy romantic side of things, it wasn't until I was on a trip to Cambodia that uh, I realized I missed someone back in Phoenix. So I was texting her from the jungles of Cambodia. <laughs> really romantic things, like I'm sweaty. Um, So your your view of romanticism kind of gets skewered when you're in international development, but anyway, (laughs) so that's kind of how it started, and when we came back, we we started dating, and we really valued that, you know, our our relationship first started as a really good working relationship, and we know how to disagree, or we're trying, we we think we know how to disagree, uh, and, you know, go through hard situations, and... uh, that's kind of the foundation of how we started. So, Lee wanted to ask you a question, but she evaporated. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. And how long did you guys start seeing each other then? 
Before you got married. What was the time frame there? Oh. About um, about a year and a half we were dating. Yeah. So we didn't start dating for like six or more months after we met. And we made a lot of mutual friends in that time. So that was really good, too. Um, I'd really recommend that, just having a lot of friends that you can do things together with. And then um, started dating about a year and a half later, got engaged and got married. That is so cool. Well, I have to say then, when you guys work together and you're you're experiencing, you know, so much um, just hurt in the world, how, how do you guys, when we talked about earlier, of finding that passion outside of what you do that can um, really get you excited about getting up in the morning? And obviously, you guys are passionate um, about what you do, and probably you have to be a little bit obsessive or it can really get you down. But do you have another passion outside of that that kind of, you know, helps you to rejuvenate? That's probably something we're still learning a lot about. I mean, we're not going to claim to know how, have all the answers at this point. But Yeah, I think for now, um might not always be this way, but we are just so sold out to the mission and vision of Food for the Hungry that we, we do... Um, love this organization and really enjoy working here. And even this week, we were excited to come back and get back to work. Um, we just feel like it's um, where God has us right now, and we're so grateful to be able to work together. And at the same time, we know that there needs to be a balance because that's definitely been something we've acknowledged as an issue with our relationship and that where are the boundaries? Where do you... You know, where where do you you have a personal life and a work life when, for us, so much has, you know, been so enmeshed for the past two, three years? Yeah. Uh, and and that's something we continue to work with. But thankfully, we have lots of friends that um, we we enjoy being around and fellowshipping with. And, uh, you know, we're looking for more and more ways to make sure we, we set up healthy routines and balances in our life. Well, you guys are rising up to be, obviously, world-changing leaders, and we just have 30 seconds left. Can you give our listeners just one, one tip of how do you take that first step? If they're just sitting here listening going, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to do something. Yeah. For me, kind of a motto that I've, I've taken uh, from when I've, I first entered into this world of interacting with poverty um, I went to South Africa when I was 19 for a summer, is to challenge yourself. Uh, whether it be a small, a small act, a small event, a small thought, just challenge yourself. Like, are you move beyond your comfort zone? And, uh, I love to, that. And thank you, well. Dave. Thank you, Brittany. We'll talk to you again, hopefully real soon. Thank okay. you, guys. Bye, guys. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Bye. 
Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central. Part of her insight network on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the green with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we have had a great morning talking with uh, David and Brittany um, on going from brokenness to beyond. And now we have Jessica Pierce. She is the founder and president of Job Seekers and Accelerated Team Dynamics and soon to be radio host. But Jessica, a little over a year ago, you were in the process of losing your job as well as your husband lost his job. And therefore, you were losing your house. On top of that, you had an infant, a toddler, uh, but it didn't stop there. Your crisis continued. Not that your infant and toddler is a crisis, but um, being a mother as well, there's many crises that can be a part of that. But through all of this, Lisa and I have watched you dream, create, and never let life knock you down. So how in the world were you able to keep such a phenomenal attitude um, through this craziness, Jess? Well, thanks, Patty. I... um... You know, uh, about that year ago, um, Mark and I had a choice to either kind of die <laughs> or, you, you know, good take choice, action. yes. What? I said that would be a, a good choice at the time, but not a good choice for the long run. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we had to just take action. And um, the business I was leaving was in the service, the recruiting industry, and at that time I saw such a need with so many people out of work and getting resumes and hearing from them that I felt like we needed to do something more. Even though we were going through that, 
it just really felt like there was more I needed to do. And so I think really the key was taking action for us and doing something we had never done before. And Mark deciding, you know what, I'm going to leave the industry I'm in and taking something completely different. And then me deciding, I have a heart to do something more for these people that are going through the same thing I'm going through. And so through that turmoil, we, I just decided to launch a volunteer program, and that's kind of the catalyst to get me going in the right direction. And that's so amazing well, because you hear that all the time. If you focus more on others and more on the success of others, then in, in that same time, you'll become successful too. And so many times we lose sight of that. But that's exactly what you did. Yeah, and, you know, I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, I just thought, well, I'll just help some people. <laughs> At the time in my head, it was something local that we were going to do for the church that turned into something huge for the community. Uh, I didn't realize what was going to happen on the back end, but I think that was good that I didn't know. I didn't have a heart to go out and do it just to make money on the back end. Um, and just to note, we are not making money on the volunteer program, and I don't think we ever will. But that's the point of it was to launch something to help other people, and that's truly where my heart continues to stay. But I have just been blessed unbelievably on the back end of that. Well, you know what? And we have watched in the journey, like Patty said, and throughout when you started, you, you started giving when you were in the midst of that brokenness and, and not knowing how it's going to turn out. And it, and it's been amazing to watch you how you've become so involved, even with our city and in the community and doing workshops, and, and you're even going to be doing your own radio. And it's just amazing to watch how you have grown and how you've always had that smile on your face. You always have that contagious smile, and every time I see you, I know things are, are tough. But even the other day, I saw you um, at a gathering, actually at a memorial service, and I'm like, hey, how are you? And you're like, it's been tough. And it's like, okay, what is it? Well, some people issues. And yet you have the smile on your face, it's genuine, and you, you just keep plowing through and you don't allow that to stop you, those obstacles to discourage you. And that's one of the things, you're, you're an inspiration. And I think that's one of the things that just really help people see that no matter what, just keep going, you know, and you always have people around you. So what would you attribute, because it's like, it, some of those things, like Patty said, you guys losing your house and jobs, how do you keep that positive attitude? Well, I was raised with it, first of all. <laughs> So, okay. you know, I saw it in my family and through my mom and my dad and my sister, just everyone, that kind of is the aura of our family, regardless of what's going on. But then outside of that, um, you know, to know that regardless of what's going on in my personal life and my family, there's always a reason for being where I am. And when I came to Christ uh, 10 years ago, I realized that at that time. And as I've been growing through that, just totally understanding that, Life was not, no, no one ever said life was going to be easy, but it was going to be worth it. And so I, I, I just wake up to that, knowing that every single day of my life. And uh, my husband believes that wholeheartedly as well. And so I think with the two of us together, it's just, um, I've been able to keep that um, regardless of what's going on. And then on the business side, seeing the impact every single day of truly changing people's life, I mean, come on. Even if I have a bad week or month or year financially, you see somebody's life that's truly being affected and changed by something you have decided to do in the community, there's nothing that can um, hold down that excitement and passion for what you're doing. Because 
I truly believe if people are doing what they're meant to do career-wise, if they're truly doing that, then they are going to be genuinely excited and love their life because we're in so much of our life and our time is spent in the career that we're doing. And so many people are going through this right now that they really need to figure out what it is that they love, they want to do, and um, what they're meant and they're gifted to do. And um, I see people taking jobs right now that they just don't like because they need to feed their family. And then in a year, they're going through the same thing. So my biggest thing is figuring out what you love to do and do it. Find it out whether it's in the community, whether it's in your church, whether it's wherever it is, um, and also in your career because then you're going to shine all the time. And you made some really great points. That truly got activating because I think so many times when we have those situations in life happen, it, it becomes very paralyzing, and we instead we do nothing, and we just kind of hibernate and we isolate. And so what you're saying is get out there and do something. And even yeah. though you have to push past those feelings because you're not going to feel like doing something, but you were talking about going into your sweet spot, finding what you're really passionate about. How, how would you advise people who maybe when they're in that spot going, I don't have any passion, I don't have any energy, I don't even know how to, how to find what I'm really want to do or good at, what would you say to them? Well, and I think that's true, and it does take some time. It's not something you can figure out overnight, and regardless of on a career side, any career coach you go to can help, can eventually get you there, maybe, <laughs> but truly it comes down to who, what you're feeling inside. It's kind of like that gut feel you get sometimes, like you know you should be doing something for something and not knowing how the financial rewards are going to come out of that, but doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. So, Patty, I love the Mm -hmm. word activate. You guys use that word. It's such a powerful word. I call it taking action. Same kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Take action for something. And if it's something in your career that you feel, you know, I've been thinking about this. I just haven't done anything with it. Uh, I recently met a lady that just is, so passionate about getting our earth to be a better place through uh, recycling and the green industry. She has no experience in that, but she has decided to take action and go and get educated, get the certification she needs because that's the career she's going to go after. And every single time I talk to her, she is thrilled about the path she's headed in. She doesn't want to go back to the work she's always been done before. Now is the time that people need to change what they've always been thinking and move forward. And even on our site, or um, the program I run, the volunteer program, jobseekersaz.com, they can go out there and take an assessment. A simple assessment takes 15 minutes to see what's, what areas are um, they ideal in working in. What are their greatest traits? You know, then that kind of stuff can really help when identify where you're headed in the future. And Jess, that is um, such good information because that's a great place to start when people go, I don't even know what my first step is. I know I'm reading a book right now by Marcus Buckingham, and I, I love all of his books. But this one is specifically for women, and it's Find Your Strongest Life, uh, What the Happiest and Most Successful Women Do Differently. But what's neat about what he's saying through all of the research and the surveys that he's taken is so many times as women we're um, – so focused on and, and so excited that we are multitaskers and we kind of, you know, we'll throw that out a lot, which you have to be if you're playing all those roles and wearing all the different hats. But to really stop taking, start taking off some of those hats 
mm-hmm. and focus on those gifts and those strengths and not try to be great in every single area. And that, as many you're times so as I right. hear that, just lead by your strengths and give some of the things that you're, you're weak at to, to others or find other people that can help you in those areas. Uh, it's still hard to do because we want yeah. it to be done right and we feel like we're the only ones that can a- accomplish those, those tasks. But what we end up doing is, uh, you know, the obvious, we run around in circles and you don't do anything really well because you're trying to take so much on. So it, it is a great book. And once again, it's Find Your Strongest Life by Marcus Buckingham. Have you read that, Jeff? I haven't, but, um, you know, the concept is so true. Having to say no as a woman that runs a family and maybe a business or works or doesn't work but is, stays at home to take care of the family and the finances, you know, all of us have to say no um, to different things, even though we think we're the only ones that can do it. That's not yes. really true. <laughs> and so start handing off some of that stuff. But when you find your sweet spot, when you figure out what that is and you target it, you can say no so much easier. Especially because when your you can... sweet spot is sitting around eating chicken enchiladas. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always say bonbons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know women are probably not so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can definitely is. just sit there and say no, no to my kids, no right. to all the tasks I have to do. But Jessica, we have one minute left. Okay. And um, I, I just feel like Lisa and I can sit and talk to you all day, which we have, as a matter of fact. Um, but in, in less than a minute, just give us two tips that the listeners can walk away with on something they can do today to get beyond the brokenness that they're living in right now? Start identifying the things you love in life, what you want to do, um, and and just start writing those down. And if you are a believer, pray. God will give it to you. God will show you, start to show you the way. And then third, start, I know you said two. Third, <laughs> go out. Over <laughs> <Hey, laughs> Go out. Um, I, I say Meet with some friends, talk to some people, take some assessments, get some ideas on where you can start to be headed. Network, network, network like crazy. I learned the power of that a year ago. Social networking and face-to-face networking, get out. Thank you, Jessica. If you want to find out more about Jessica, check out girlfriended.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 